What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Hoops Podcast. I'm Ibrahim. I'm here with my co-host, Yusuf. And a new guest, Our Aman is the guest speaker. Or I guess you could say, yeah, guest speaker, guest podcast guest. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about the aftermath of the last UFC pay-per-view, which was UFC 274, which the main event was Oliveira versus Gaethje. Um, and yeah, so where do I start with this event, right? So Oliveira missed weight by half a pound, and then it wasn't a title fight technically, or it was only a title fight for Gaethje. And so only all of only Gaethje could win the belt in that fight. So if Gaethje had won, he would have had the belt. But Oliveira won, which means that he doesn't have the belt because he missed weight, which is just really whack because now you have a vacant belt. And that's always a bad look. You, you don't want that, right? You don't want a vacant belt because now it just looks bad on part of the UFC. Um, so, yeah. What do you guys think of the whole fiasco with the missing weight? Do you think Oliveira got screwed? There was like conspiracies about, you know, like, oh, the scales are messed up and like Dana White is trying to sabotage Charles Oliveira. I heard that online. Like, what do you guys think of the whole fiasco? Yeah, I don't think the whole like Dana sabotaging thing has much merit because if uh, Dana wants to sneak in a Conor McGregor title shot, he'll just do it. He doesn't have to screw around with scales because, uh, you know, he has so much autonomy over the matchmaking. Uh, so I don't think it's that. I think he legitimately just missed. But then people were talking about how like, the scales got changed something like kg to pounds and it was like half a pound over in the back so I, if anything i think it was a genuine mistake um and that's all really i mean uh i mean it was a really good fight and i actually had um Oliveira to win the fight but i mean dude i don't know man we, we might i don't want to bring up the discussion but gaichi i mean you know the last couple of fights like he he moves down the rankings i mean do you still do you guys still think that he's a a top three, top four contender. I mean, four, I think, but do you think he's a top three contender? Yeah, so something that's kind of crazy, I think Jake Gaethje is something like six and four in the UFC right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the record's a bit deceiving because he has been, um, since he's such a popular fighter, uh, the matchmakers have put him against such high-level competition. I mean, you look at the guys he's fought, or it's like crazy, um, like the competition he's been facing. But I don't think he's going he's like at championship level he can't get ranked number one or things like this not with like islam Makhachev and Oliveira around i don't think he can beat poirier either um but i do think he can beat um like chandler again and i don't know maybe i have to look at the rankings again go down it but yeah i just don't think he's can become a champion like that's two title shots he's already missed he missed versus khabib which people don't count that because they say oh khabib is a lightweight goat that doesn't count everybody lost to khabib which is like Okay, fine. But you lost to Oliveira. And by the way, that was not a 100% Oliveira. That's Oliveira who's stressed the hell out because now he does, he's not champion anymore. Like he got screwed out of his weight because the whole thing with the weight was that. So apparently the night before he weighed in and he said, like, I have made weight already and I'm not going to eat anything. And he tweeted that out or he, he, he put it on social media or something. That's what I heard. I didn't see it, but like, I, I think so. Like he said something like he made weight the night before already and he didn't eat anything. And he looked super confused when he weighed in half a pound over, right? So that's not Oliveira that's 100%. That's Oliveira who's like, has mental, like that, you know, that's going to stress you out. Like, you're not 100% at that point. He lost to Oliveira who's not 100%. So I don't know where he goes from here. He's super entertaining. And that's kind of what happens, right? When a fighter, 
they're clearly better than the rest of the division. Although he's not clearly better than the rest of the division, but you know what I mean? Like they're like clearly top five, but like they're like a top five gatekeeper, but they're never going to be a championship level fighter. So like, what do you do with them? Right. At that point. Yeah, I, th- I think he said it best at the end, like top five gatekeeper, that's what he is. I don't think he's going to beat Oliveira. He's not beating Makachev. Um, but he could, like, I, you know, you can pull the rankings and, like, go down the lightweight. Like, he could beat probably Benil. He definitely beats RDA, Gregor Jalepsky, definitely Conor McGregor, uh, Tony Ferguson again. Um, but then, yeah, I'm not sure about these prospects. Maybe I, I wish the UFC – would put more of these lightweight prospects up against the higher ranked guys because the higher ranked guys have been fighting each other so much, like Poirier, Gaethje, uh, Chandler. They've all been in the top fighting each other so much. Um, and like these guys, like Armin Saryukin and Matoj Gamrot, uh, Rafael Fiziev, like they look really promising. And the UFC should throw them at these some of these top guys and see how they do. So I'd love to see Gaethje against one of these guys, these prospects. Um, it would be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, like. I mean, even if you look at the rankings, like Dustin Poirier, he's number two. I mean, like, I mean, Islam really impressed me in the last fight. Like, do you, it's the next match, him and Poirier. But I know Poirier wants to fight, like, Nate Diaz. And some people are talking about, like, like there's a narrative that he's not really fighting for competition. He's fighting for money. But I don't know how true that is. But <laughs> that's pretty funny. You said that Dana could sneak in a fight if he wanted to. Yeah. Like, here's the thing, right? So here's the problem with Islam Makachev getting a title shot. Like, I want him to get a title shot. He's on a 10-fight win streak, okay? Um, but the problem is that to get a title shot, you actually have to beat top-level competition. And he's beat uh, freaking Dan Hooker. And Dan Hooker at the time was number six, but that win aged poorly, so it doesn't look that good, right? At the time, like, Dan Hooker was, like, number six, still highly ranked. And then he was supposed to fight Benil, which would have been his title eliminator. Nobody would have taken away the title shot, but he ended up fighting Bobby Green, who's unranked, okay? And people tried to hype up Bobby Green. I was like, what are they talking about? Like, Bobby Green, he can't wrestle like that. He's a stand-up guy, unranked. You can't get a title shot based off of Dan Hooker and Bobby Green, right? So all we're talking about here is your win streak. But your win streak, people are like, people like to make the narrative that he's fighting bums. And like, oh, yeah, he just padded his record, like Khabib did or whatever. So that I see that's where people are, they have an issue with, Makachev getting the Islam Makachev getting the uh, the title shot, but at this point, who else could get it? Can't be Poirier. Poirier already lost, right? Gaethje just lost. The next in line is Makachev, and Chandler's not getting a rematch right now. I, I wouldn't think off of beating a washed up Tony Ferguson. I don't think that merits a title shot. Although <laughs> I don't know if Dana White privilege is gonna do its thing here, but there's no way they make that fight. Dariush is like inactive at this point got he's injured rda like he's like old and who is he fought moicano okay moicano is like unranked like i don't see anything happening yeah i think there's um like a couple things i mentioned here that um like first of all the thing about the title shots where it's like you gotta you know beat high-ranked opponents to get things i think there actually is a bit of a caveat to that in that if you can actually show you're a skilled enough fighter then um you should be able to rank, uh, fight against higher rank opponents, even if you haven't beaten the opponents that are just below the rankings. Um, because what you want in a fight is actually like a competitive fight. You want to make sure that, you know, not a fighter just blows through another fighter. You want to make sure that they're fighting at the same level. And I think everyone knows that Islam can compete with these top guys. It's not like just some doubt that, oh, I'm not sure if he's, 
I think uh, Gaethje is just going to go right through him or things like this. No one thinks that. They know that it's going to be a competitive fight. So it does make sense that, uh, you know, where he's ranked. I think right now he's ranked number three or something, which is already pretty high. Yeah, number four. Um, so it does make sense, actually, to give him a title shot. And then what you mentioned with, like, who else are they going to give a title shot to? Uh, like, they have to pretty much give it to him. Like, there's no one else that can go. And I think, actually, they have a card planned in Abu Dhabi. I was reading about it, uh, like a card planned. But they don't have a headliner for it. And usually, they want to bring in a fighter from the Muslim world to headline it. So I'm fairly sure it's going to be Islam Makachev. They want to do that. And even if you listen to the post-fight press conference, Dana was actually pretty open to having Islam fight for the title. Uh, so I think that's what's going to happen next. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think like that makes the most sense. Um, right now, it makes the most sense. And he it's clear he can win the title. People think he can beat Oliveira. I saw some photo. It was like the odds or whatever of like him versus Oliveira. And he was like a huge favorite. It was like minus 360 for him, which is kind of great. I don't think it should be that much. But like he clearly he's like top level. And all his fights that he was supposed to fight with top level guys fell through for one reason or the other. And he's been trying to be active, I would think, right? Like, he's been trying to be active. He hasn't just straight up sat out like Leon Edwards has for like two years. He didn't just do that. Like, he's been trying to fight. But like, when you're top level like that, it's hard. It, it's, it doesn't, it just doesn't happen. So I think he deserves a title shot. But like, another thing in the lightweight division, besides the Oliveira fight, was Chandler versus Ferguson. That was a crazy knockout, man. Chandler, I've never seen him throw a front kick, and all of a sudden he throws one and knocks somebody out with it. Like, that's crazy. And Tony Ferguson won that first round. But my question is, like, where does Chandler go from here? Because, like, isn't he, like, what? He he only won, like, one fight in this... No, two fights in the promotion. He's, like, two and two in the promotion now. So, like, not the greatest record, but it's against high-level people. Like, who do you think... Like, uh, what's his name? Michael Chandler fights next. Like, who do you think his next fight should be? He called out Conor McGregor, right? He did call out Conor McGregor in his post-fight interview. Um, but Conor is like, I don't know. Like, there's like, Conor, everybody's trying to fight Conor, right? Like, even Chamayev called out Conor. Like, that fight makes zero sense. Like, Chamayev is basically a middleweight. And Conor's a, like a 55er. Like, it just wouldn't make, Conor would get destroyed. Like, he's been called out by everybody. At one point before this Ferguson versus Chandler fight happened, I remember people were talking about Connor versus Ferguson. They were talking about Connor versus Chandler. They were talking about Connor versus DS3. And they're now like Chamaya was calling him out. Kobe Cummington was, you know, like Poirier 4. I don't think the Poirier fight is going to happen though. But like Connor's in like such a big position here. Like I don't want to, I don't like throwing out the Connor fight because you know what? We'll throw it out later when he's actually close to fighting shape like right now he's not gonna fight right now right he's, he's still got some time he has to recover but if we were talking about like later this year is connor gonna fight later this year or like what like i'm not he's sure actually, what is yeah he's actually been outside the testing pool for like eight nine months so i don't know the exact usada rules but i think then you if you want to compete obviously you need to be in the usada test pool but they need to test you for a couple months uh before they let you compete because uh, I know that's what Henry Cejudo is doing. He jumped into the USADA test pool, uh, but he can't compete right now. He needs to get tested for a couple more months. And so Connor's actually been outside of the test pool like ever since you know he broke his uh, tibula. Um, so yeah, I don't think he's gonna compete in a while. But I mean, um, 
like uh it's that like i think someone said that he wants oh um i think it was like um uh like Kamar Usman wants to fight him. Like everyone wants to fight him. But I mean, isn't it because of money and popularity? Yeah, exactly. Even at the end of the day, like I would still watch a Conor fight because he's just so entertaining. But um, as a fighter, I mean, I don't know. Like he got knocked out by Poirier, and it's just like I think we're seeing the demise of him. But people really want to see him fight. Um, but I mean, I heard Conor and Nate Diaz part three. I don't know. Yeah. Uh... I don't know, man. Like, here's the thing, right? So, Nate Diaz, his so he's been his name has been thrown out a lot. I think him, who was he talking to? Or he's like been talking a lot of trash on Twitter. He probably talked to somebody else, like today, like somebody. I think it was Poirier. Like the problem is, like the UFC. So he wants to leave the UFC. He's tweeted that out multiple times, and like I don't know how more clear you can be by like tweeting out, "I don't want to be in the UFC." Like UFC, release me. So like I don't. Like, it's confusing making matches because, like, he said he wants to be released. He doesn't want to fight. And now he's acting like, okay, I'm just going to get this last fight done. And then I'm, I'm, out, I'm out of the UFC. But I don't know. Like, it's confusing, right? Because if you guys saw that leak, um, did you guys see that leak with the whole... Yeah, the one with the wall and he's matched against Hamza and there's, like, a blue circle next to his name or something. Yeah. Like, see, that fight makes zero sense. Zero. Like, yeah. why would he fight Chamaya? Why That makes zero sense. The UFC yeah. trying to screw him. <laughs> exactly. That's what That's what I think. It's obvious, yeah. right? You see what he, uh, Nate Diaz actually posted on Twitter a picture of him pissing on the UFC PI. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, wow. So, yeah, you're totally taking a stand against the UFC here, Nate. Like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird. And then did you see what Dustin tweeted out in response. Oh yeah, you should like you should take it a dump or something. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know, man. Dustin is actually starting to annoy me a little bit. I don't know why. He's been talking a lot of trash, and he's like calling out Poirier or not Poirier. Sorry, he's calling out Diaz, who's like an unranked. Okay, I don't want to say bum, but he's not <laughs> top level fighter. Okay, he's calling out like this unranked fighter, and he's been talking a lot of trash, and it's getting kind of annoying now. Poirier needs to get another fight. He took barely any damage in his last fight. I don't know what he wants to do here. Like, it's kind of confusing. Like, what? where does Poirier go from here? I don't know. I think uh, Poirier versus Chandler would be an awesome match, matchup. Um, I wish they'd do that because if you match Chandler with someone else and Poirier gets matched up with another top-ranked opponent, you're probably going to have to put him against Gaethje. I've already seen that fight, and I think Poirier would win um, again. Uh, so that you could do them against Chandler. And the other thing is, which I mentioned earlier, is that I wish they would throw these top guys at some of these prospects, like the promising ones, you know, like Fiziev, Gamrot, uh, Saryukin, like one of these guys, like they, man, I really want to see them, those kind of matchups. Yeah, I would agree. Cause like Saryukin, I think he could be like, to- he's what, okay, he's number 12 right now. Like, okay, so they did try to make, like, I'm thinking, so remember they tried to make RDA versus Faziev. Faziev is on a win streak. Muay Thai fighter, uh, pretty like very good. Um, trying to make that, but that fight fell through. I guess they are kind of like I think Sarukian versus Darius would be a good fight. Like, why not? Because Darius he kind of screwed the UFC over. He pulled out of a fight, right? And I think, from my understanding, the way it works is like if you're a top ranked fighter, you don't like to fight down as much as you fight. Like, you don't like fighting down because that's not going to do anything for you, right? If you you want to fight up, 
you want to get a, a, like a top level win, then maybe another win in a title eliminator. Like that's how it happens, right? So the problem is like, if you look at Poirier, uh, he said he wants to go to welterweight. We don't know what's happening with that. Gaethje, I don't know if Gaethje's going to fight, want to fight the number 12 guy. That's a huge, like, that's a huge thing, right? That's a huge, like, number 12 versus number three. That's a huge gap. And also, he doesn't have name value. They'll Usually, they'll waive that if, if there's name value. Like, for example, Gilbert Burns. He's like, yeah, I'll fight Khamzat. Because, like, think about it, right? After Gilbert fought Khamzat, his stock rose. Even though he lost, he went to war, and his stock rose. And the problem with these prospects is that, like, none of them have that name value. None of them are, like, really that popular. Sarukian, like, only the hardcores know him. Gamrot, like, if only hardcores know him. And, like, yeah, at that point, like, I, I kind of understand why they wouldn't want to fight them. But you know what? You know what I think? I think the UFC probably offered those matchups, but, like, the top-level fighters turned them down, which I don't blame them for it. Because, like, it's you don't get anything out of winning besides just a win. Oh, like, you won. But, like, you don't get anything out of it. You're not going to get closer to a title shot. You're not going to make a lot of money. It doesn't make that much sense. Other than just if it's like it's a lower ranked fighter, so they're probably not as good, right? That's what I would think. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but you know, something that I just like, I don't know, kind of wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on it because we were speaking about the welterweight and lightweight. Um, well, we spoke about the lightweight, um, not really the welterweight, but who do you guys think, like, in a year from now, I think that Islam wins the lightweight title, and I think a year from now, Hamza will be the the welterweight champion. What do you guys think about that? I think Islam winning the lightweight champion is a very real possibility. And I think, yeah, within a year, that's fairly likely. Uh, I don't like Kamzo's chances against Kamaru because, um, yeah, I don't think he can. he's going to be able to take him down. Kamaru's insane wrestling defense. And when it stays on the feet, I mean, from Hamza's last fight, he was like, I mean, he was being very chaotic. Uh, and not following his corner's instructions on how to strike. Because his corners, if you're listening, they were telling him, you have a reach advantage, so just use your straight punches, and then he can't hit you. Well, Hamza was throwing, like, these big, loopy uppercuts and hooks, trying to knock him out and whatnot. Um, so, okay, you let's say Hamza's calm and he follows his corner's advice. You can't out-jab out Kamaru Usman because he, I think he has the same reach as, Kamar, as uh, Hamza. So Hamza needs a social, like, slick you know, being able to get underneath punches or something like this to strike. And I don't think he's going to be able to do that against Kamaru. So I do not see him being the welterweight champion. Damn. Damn, you don't think... I think uh, I think he just needs time. Like, I, I, I think he just needs time. Like, if he fights, like, uh, people are throwing out Chamaya versus Covington, which, that's like the ultimate wrestling matchup, but who else? I guess who else would Chamaya fight at this point? Like, because there's not like Nate people Diaz. haven't really talked about it. Nate Diaz? No, no. I don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. The only person who wants to see that is Dana White because he can screw over Nate Diaz and he won't be able to make money outside of the UFC because the UFC is very famous for treating their fighters horribly. Like, you know, great company, right? Lo I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> they, they, lo they love to treat their fighters well, but I think the only person who wants to see that is Dana. Nobody else really wants to see that. Um, or maybe some Nate Diaz fans would think if they make it a main event and like in the fifth round, Nate Diaz is the best because look at his insane cardio, which I think is kind of dumb. Um, 
that, yeah, that's not that's dumb. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm like shitting on Nate Diaz fans right now, but it's it's dumb. He's an unranked fighter. He's lost to people who are worse than Hamzat. Like, come on now, right? He um, almost beat Leon. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I don't think Leon deserves a title shot. I don't care what anybody says. He does not deserve a title shot. Bilal Muhammad has a similar win streak. And actually, you know what? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. So I went on a rant like a couple podcasts ago on like why I don't think Leon deserves a title shot. Um, Because he, all he has is a win streak, but he's been picking his matchups, I feel like. And it got a little bit unlucky, but he hasn't beat, he hasn't had like a real title eliminator fight. Um, What do you think? Do you think he like deserves his next title shot? Because I think it's confirmed him versus Kamaru Usman. I think that's the next Kamaru Usman fight. What, like, do you think he deserves it or what? I'm kind of with Ibrahim. I kind of want to hear what I'm on. Uh, I'm not sure that... Okay, I don't think... The thing is, he's been so inactive in the opponents he's beat. Um, this is the problem. Okay, here's the difference between him and Islam, I'd say. Islam's, like, actively chasing things, and he's finishing his opponents. And yes, even though they're not very highly ranked, you can see there's a big skill gap between those opponents. But then you actually aren't sure about that with Leon. When Leon fought Bilal, like, he was starting to win, but then there was an eye poke. And when he fought Nate Diaz, I mean, he faded in the later rounds and he almost got knocked out. Like, that is not promising. If, if Kamaru landed that punch on Leon, like, he would have been out. And so I don't know if he's actually, like, proven he's that top caliber, like, championship worthy. Um, and then on top of that, the fact that he's not active, barely any fans know him. And this is the real thing. I think this is actually the strongest point against his title shot i think usman well not i think usman actually uh has his hand injured uh his right hand and so and it's going under surgery and it's longer than expected so he's going to be out for a while and basically you have these contenders they should fight each other i mean uh and that would make a lot more sense it would build up a lot more hype into the title fight i think that needs to happen uh kamar has been very active so you know give his hand time to heal and leon you know fight against one of these top-ranked guys and build up some hype, show that you're worthy and things like this. And I think that's the right decision to go with. Wait, so just to clarify, Ibrahim, you, you, you think that you agree with me that Hamza will be a champion in the year? Oh, oh, you mean with, like, her welterweight? Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, the when I was watching his stand-up, it was, like, left hook, like, so looping left hook. He threw, like, three of those in a row at one point. I'm like, what is he doing? Like, what? Like, I don't know. Here's the no, problem. No, what's crazier? Actually, what's crazier? Gilbert Burns caught him with a looping right hook three times in a row. Which was oh, absurd. at the end, like, the third how, round, how right? caught with the same punch, which has a huge telegraph three times in a row. Like, Humble was striking like a maniac in that fight. That's, no, that's, that's crazy, round, bro. But like before? It was in the third round, and he gets smacked with it three times in a row. <laughs> no, but before, like, before the Gilbert Burns fight, like, it looks like Humble was, like, unbeatable. But, like, after the fight, you're like, yeah, this dude can probably be like, he's not like on a like immortal status. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like people really like, I mean, I thought that, you know, he could have a Khabib type of legacy, but then obviously I overhyped him way too much <laughs> before I came back down to earth. But I still, in one year, I think he can, he can win the title. Yeah. yeah. The thing, uh, I can like, I can see like the whole striking plan or whatever that he went into the Gilbert Burns fight. Like I said, like, I, I can definitely see how he tightens up his striking, you know, how he just, sticks to straights or something like this against a shorter opponent. Um, but the problem is, like, still, Kamaru is, like, has really long arms. I don't think he's just going to be able to out-jab. Like, that was a game plan. It would have worked against Gilbert if he just stuck to straight punches. Like, he would have probably knocked him out. And he did knock him down with a straight punch. You know, it's very hard for a shorter fighter. Like, if you guys have ever sparred, 
it's one of the hardest things. That's a shorter fighter with smaller arms to get past someone's straight punches. It's very hard. So, yeah, but he can't yeah, do yeah. that with Kamaru. He doesn't have that huge advantage. And on top of that, he's almost, I wanted to mention this, his weight cuts are horrendous. I mean, he's almost dying on the scale. After you see his like post, they do an interview after the weight cut you usually does, which I think is insane. Like, let these guys I don't know why. Dude, that's so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> why? Watch, watch the video. Uh, it's still up on UFC website. So UFC's uh, channel, YouTube channel. So look up Hamza's, um, the, the interview after his weight cut with Gilbert. I mean, his, he literally looks dead. He looks like a skeleton. It's, it's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, so watch it. Like, he's dying. And like, he's, like, cutting weight, right? And then you see yeah. John Morgan's fat ass interview. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably eating a burger right there. <laughs> That's so funny, John Morgan. Oh, I'm, you know, I you hey, know what I wonder. Pretty good question, Morgan. John Morgan. I used to think like, oh, these are good questions. And then later on, right when I was following UFC even more, I'm like, what are these questions? Like Dana, I would come up, right? Hey Dana, what do you think of the what do you think of the event? And I'm like, what? What kind of question? That's so boring. What's wrong with you? Ask a real question. Who's yeah, getting the next title someone, shot? That's what I think. Like, you need someone like Era Hawani. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Hawani will get beat up. I swear to God, he's going to get beat up. He'll get beat up. Hawani's questions are so funny. Yeah, he goes straight for the sauce. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Like, with MMA journalism, right? Like, another thing that I've noticed, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, okay? But, like, during press conferences, if somebody asks, some, like, Dana White a tough question, he'll pretend like he doesn't hear them. Oh, yeah. up, he'll be like, Oh, what's the question? I'm like, I know you heard the question. You just don't want to answer it. And then he'll be like, for like a minute straight, he'll stall. He'll be like, I can't hear you. Somebody else will repeat it. And you, both of the voices will show up on the mic. So it's clear that like, they both have the same decibel level, you know? I'm not trying to overanalyze, but it's clear he could hear them. He just doesn't want to answer the question. Uh, it's infuriating. I hate this. So Dana White's starting to piss me off, honestly. He's starting to piss me off. Like, I'm reflecting about Dana White right now, but you guys have noticed that too, right? Like he pretends not to hear the question during press conference. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Dana, the fact that he has the monopoly uh, pretty much over mixed martial arts, all the top fighters, everyone watches the UFC. Like um, he has so much autonomy on what he does. I mean, he could literally get away with throwing uh, Conor McGregor in a title shot, like something as ridiculous as that. I don't think he's going to do it, but he could, he could easily do it. He has that much autonomy um and yeah i mean the ufc like they can just get away with all the stuff and they kicked errol hawani out because he's asking like you know he asks these kind of questions and if someone asks about fighter pay or things like this you know that person's not going to be up <laughs> no more press passes for them right no <laughs> yeah, more press exactly. passes. Exactly. yeah that's the hey, problem like i don't know if this is like really off topic but like you, sp- you keep on like speaking about like these fighters and like you know fighter pay but like Whenever I think about fighter pay, I always think about Francis and I always think about John Jones. Like, what do you guys think about what's going to happen to those two? Because you think that there's going to be a fight between those two. I mean, uh, I know Francis wants to fight Tyson Fury, which I mean, I, I kind of want to see what happens. But um, and then but also Tyson like obliterates him. <laughs> in a boxing <laughs> yeah. match, there's no way. But like John Jones, like the man hasn't been in the UFC in like I don't know. He was like one of my favorite fighters, but Ibrahim has like a doesn't really like him uh, yeah you know what i don't like mentioning fighters personal lives you know but he's like clearly i feel like you could say with a certain amount of certainty that he's not a good person <laughs> not a good person uh as a fighter though uh i feel like he he lost his last i'm i you know what whenever like anybody brings up john jones skills i always tell them like 
he lost his last fight. Dominic yeah. Reyes, he lost. Okay, it yeah. was a robbery. He lost the third round, right? He lost it straight up. It was a robbery, complete robbery. And so if you're talking about skills, I think the light heavyweight division was catching up to him. So, I, like, Dominic Reyes in another timeline where the judges weren't blind, he would have been champion. But in this timeline, like, he won. And by the way, can I just mention, Sal Diamato is a horrible judge. He does not deserve his job. I could do his job. I could do Sal Diamato's job. I do a much better job, I think, at least. Have you guys heard of Sal Diamato or, like, any of the yeah, judges? Yeah, I've heard of him. He's horrible, man. He's horrible. But, like, you know what? Let's switch gears to a more positive topic. What do you guys think is the most stacked division in the UFC? Like, right now, we're talking about lightweight. And we were making like 10 different matchups. There's like so many different matchups you could make. You could throw Darius against anyone. Like right now, Darius versus RDA. Great fight. I think that could be good. Um, there's a bunch of name value here. Like the whole lightweight division, the top 10, all of them are really popular fighters, right? Um, but who do you guys think is the most, like what's the most competitive division do you think? Besides like, or like, I don't know, maybe you think lightweight is the most competitive. Like what do you think is the most competitive? Uh, for sure, lightweight. I mean, lightweight is just like, like you mentioned, like the top five fighters, and like they're all championship, they're all contenders. Like they, they are like, and plus, like <laughs> every single time there's like, um, like a UFC fight, like you see the lightweight fight as like the main fight. But I think lightweight is so stacked. I mean, you have Islam, you have Dustin Poirier, you have Connor. I mean, Connor, like you know, whatever you can say about him. But you also have like, you know, Chandler. Hooker, I know Hooker's kind of felt. I mean, I think it's so stacked, but I also think an under the radar um, division is a welterweight because, like, Kamar Usman, um, Kobe Covington. I know Masvidal lost, but you also have Hamza Chimaev in it. Like, those those two rankings, are, those two divisions are probably like the most stacked in my opinion. Okay, so you're you're talking more about like popularity, right? Like, I yeah. I feel like yeah, popularity, lightweight, no question, but like. In terms of competitiveness, I was looking at Bantamweight, dude. It's like, number one, think about it. So number one is Aljamain Sterling, okay? But he's like, very beatable. So it's just, I think Bantamweight is the most competitive division because it's Aljamain Sterling, Peter Yan, Dillashaw, Aldo, Sandhagen, Marlon Vera, Marab, Dvalishvili. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Not really that well-known yet. Rob Font's pretty good. Dominic Cruz, an old legend. Song Yedong. Don't know if you saw his last fight. Knocked out Marlon Moraes. Uh, Pedro Munoz. Edgar's an old legend. Lightweight champ. Sean O'Malley. Like, come on, bro. It's stacked. All these people could reasonably win the title, except for, I don't know about Sean. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about Sean O'Malley. I think uh, I was actually going to, I want to switch the topic to the one we're on right now, which was uh, talking about the divisions when we talked about light heavyweight division. Because when you think of the light heavyweight division, you just think of, a totally trash division. How do you have a 40-year-old as your champion? It's because the division is not stacked. In fact, when you go up the weight classes, usually you get worse and worse skilled fighters. And it makes a lot of sense because if you're big and athletic, why would you want to do MMA? You're hardly paid and you take a ton of damage. A lot of these big athletic guys, they go into basketball, they go into football. And so what you're left with is not that big of a pool to draw on to get these MMA fighters. And so the fights really aren't that competitive. I mean, not, not that they're not competitive. They're not that skilled. The fighters aren't as skilled. If you look at the lower weight divisions, you have very skilled fighters. And I think there's only two correct answers when it comes to what is the most stacked division. I think that when you talk about stacked division, you're talking about, you know, which division has the most skilled fighters. And that's 
bantamweight and lightweight. Uh, both of these divisions have like crazy good fighters. Um, and I think personally, I lean a little more towards bantamweight um, because I think lightweight still needs to clean up. Uh, like in their top rankings, there's still people there that aren't like as skilled as uh, bantamweight, but bantamweight is crazy good. I mean, like you have prospects, um, you have people that aren't even in the rankings that are so good, like Omar Nomargomedov. I mean, he, he's looking great if you guys have seen his fights. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that's my opinion on what's like the most stacked division. Yeah, I I wasn't light heavyweight is pretty bad. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, really Pahaska, it might be no, he like killed, he basically killed what's his name? What's that guy's name? Dominic Reyes. He killed that man. Okay, that was but, actually very close fight. Yeah, he you know what? He actually got knocked out. Yeah, he got knocked out in that fight. Yeah, apparently, like he got knocked. Was it like an up kick? He got like, knocked out with an up kick, and he yeah. fell on Dominic Reyes. But Dominic Reyes was so tired he couldn't get up under underneath him to turn him around and you know finish him. And so by that time. Yuri regained his consciousness. That's crazy. And then they both stood up. It, it was it was a crazy fight. It was close though. That, like, that's if that happened again. Dominic could have won. Yeah, I, I think, but like Jan Blahovich, like I watched that freaking, I watched that uh fight, his fight versus Glover, and it, it was super weird, man. Like he looked, I don't know if he was out of shape. Like he looked like he was in shape, kind of maybe slightly out of shape. Like I don't know, he wasn't as ripped as he was before, but. That fight was super weird. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, he just was he is he really that bad? Like, he he beat Adesanya, by the way. And he, by the way, he outstruck Adesanya. I don't care what the commentary says. Um, he outstruck Adesanya. I, I watched that fight. It wasn't as close as people say it was. Um, unless you think different. Do you think like Adesanya like was outstriking him or no, John? Yeah, this is the thing about Adesanya. I feel like his striking is overrated because. This is the thing, like, if you guys have sparred, one of the hardest things to go up against someone when you're sparring is someone who's longer than you because they can hit you when you can't hit them. And Israel has this huge advantage over everyone in his division. He's so long for his division. He can lean back and throw these hooks. And a shorter person can't do that. You can't lean back and throw because you're not going to hit someone. But Israel can, and he's safely able to do this. But now he fights someone that's as long as him in Jan Blachowicz. And, yeah, he got legitimately outstruck. All his kicks were getting checked. Um, and then Jan was landing on him, and he wasn't landing on Jan. Uh, but yeah, Jan definitely looked funky in his fight with Glover. But like I'm saying, only only in the light heavyweight division would you have something like that go down. Like, like a fight like that. You you know, a fighter like Yuri Prohaska, like the way he was fighting against Dominic Reyes, no way he'd survive in the top 10 of Bantamweight. Like, people would kill him in the Bantamweight if he was fighting like that. Exactly. Um, like, zero defense, just going forward, no matter what, moving forward, like, that's crazy pressure. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, his takedown defense apparently isn't the best either. Like, imagine if Glover beats him and is somehow a dominant champ. That would be just so funny. <laughs> Glover Teixeira, this 42-year-old jiu-jitsu guy is your champ. And, like, yes. Henders, I don't know. Uncle, I think Uncolab could be champ. He's on, like, a win streak. He beat Tiago Santos, although he didn't beat him impressively, but he's still really good. Alexander Rakic is going to fight Jan Blahovich tomorrow. I was, like, not... I don't know. I think light heavyweight might be like the worst division in terms of name value and competitiveness. So, like not, yeah, it's not no. that, it's not that great, honestly. It's, it's really bad. In fact, I think out of all these top guys, um, Ankalaev is the most promising. And that's not even like, if you've seen his last fights, uh, they're really boring and he's not going for the kill or any stamp on his performance. Um, yeah. so that says a lot when Ankalaev is your most exciting and, and brightest prospect. I mean, 
like every other division, especially Vanaway and Lightweight, you have like you have guys outside of top fifteen, which people are looking at. You know, yeah, exactly. Definitely not the case in light heavyweight. It's just it's such a trash division. It's even worse than heavyweight. Dude, that's the thing. Like light heavyweight, yeah. I used to think heavyweight was the worst division, but I changed my mind because like the rankings got switched up. Tied to Ivasa's here now. Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Yeah, tied to Ivasa's here. Cyril gone lost, and now like there's a, there's people in the mix, you know. Yeah, Aspinall um, and Gone are actually pretty skilled fighters. Yeah. Um. So it's like that's what makes heavyweight a little brighter than light heavyweight. Exactly. Um. But we do have to wrap it up. Uh. Damn, we covered a lot of things on this podcast. Um, stay tuned. The next, what's the next pay per view? I, I think it's Adesanya versus Cannonier, right? Yeah, the UFC two fifty four or two seventy five. Two seventy five. Two seventy five. Okay, yeah, we'll do um like a preview episode. You know, talking about the fights like we did. We didn't do me and Yusuf didn't do this last pay per view because we were busy. <laughs> okay, get off my back. We were busy. <laughs> um, but yeah, this next pay per view we'll we'll do that. Um, it should be in like a couple of weeks. I think finals will be done by then. Yeah, it's, um, Glover yeah. fight, Glover and Yuri. Oh yeah, that's also happening. We could preview that. Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, peace.